I know. Actually, there was a in the second season of um, Fleabag. She she's talking to what's her face, Kristen Scott Thomas, the whoever she's playing, whatever character, and she's like, "Menopause is great. Like, I don't. Ha- I'm not like looked upon as somebody who." Like my primary focus in life is breeding. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's very like liberating. It's like, oh, that's kind of a cool way to look at it. I mean, we can only hope and pray that we get there, right? I know. Yeah. <laughs> by hook or by crook. <laughs> you're no longer a breeder, you're a crone. <laughs> I know. Fine. I'll I'm, take it. I will be a crone. <laughs> what? I'm smoking like a Capri. <laughs> what do you want? You're like the old lady in the greeting cards. What's her name? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh God. Um, and she's like in like a nightgown and like curlers and stuff. Yep. <laughs> yes. Awesome. That's me. Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota. I'm Ann Lundholm, and this show has everything. More birthday celebrations, your snow day activities, our coping strategies, and much more. Grab your worry beads and assume the lotus pose because we're talking about anxiety. The highs, the lows, how it manifests for us, and how we attempt to get a handle on it. And joining me for tonight's conversation, from middle-aged Mama Studios in Austin, Texas, she can pulverize a punching bag with the best of them. It's Hillary Livingston Butler. Good evening, Hillary. What I don't have right now, well, good evening. What I don't have right now, but I carry it to work with me, is I stole one of my kids' like um, fidgets, but they're like, not the fidget spinners, but they're pop-it kind of things. And honestly, that's not in my thing, but it really is helpful at work, where I'm just sitting there popping rubber bubbles. It's it's satisfying. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. Maybe we should talk more about that. <laughs> And from Money Pit Studios in Detroit, Michigan, all that yoga looks difficult and stressful to me, but you do you. It's Meredith, the MVH Van Harn. Good evening, Meredith. Good evening. I mean, I I don't know if it really helps me, but I was thinking about it today and I was like, I wonder what I would be like without it. So I'm, I'm guessing yeah. it probably, and I, yeah, I don't want to know. So I'm guessing it helps. <laughs> it just seems so sweaty. It can be, yeah. And shaky. All right. Well, as always, we'll start with a little small talk. We'll take a look in the mailbag, get to some medium talk, make some Tishi recommendations, and let you know how you can get involved with the show. And it does occur to me that this show is going to be released on Valentine's Day, and Ugh. we have no V-Day content whatsoever. We are Absolutely over it. not. Absolutely not. I am not engaging with this, nope. except to send out, give... They, my kids valentine's so they can fill out for their classroom so that they're that not shunned mm-hmm. yes yes i mean my it. god if you were the kid that didn't have valentine's to give <laughs> out yikes the one thing that is sort of cute is both of my kids can read right like they can read they know how to read pretty well they both still say valentine's and i'm never gonna correct them Mommy, did you see all of Rory's Valentine's cards? I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. It's very cute. All right. I'll move us into some small talk. No, no BD stuff. BD, BD, day. Yeah, whatever. Um, anyway, 
really the you know holiday that we need to talk about is that once again I am in birthday season and it was Bridget's 10th birthday on Monday oh, you know <clears throat> I realized so when I had kids I, I they, they were planned but you know I was happy to get pregnant whenever but I really I have this like weird thing about no offense to people who are born in the summer but I have a weird thing about summer birthdays Partially because every kid who had a summer birthday was like, it sucks because nobody's around. But also for school purposes, it's always kind of weird, especially with boys a lot of the times. Anyway, I just decided I would rather have my kids in the fall or the winter just so you know what grade that they're supposed to be in. If they're, you know, within range, you know that they're supposed to be in that certain grade. There was never any question. So that's great. Except that all of my kids, like my kids and my birthday and my husband's birthday, were all kind of just clumped together. So by the end, I'm like, I'm so fucking exhausted. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think about birthdays anymore. And by Bridget's birthday, it's really just gaining steam. It's like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Anyway, so Bridget's birthday was on Monday. It was very exciting. I, um, I'm speaking to you now on Thursday, but she's having a slumber party with two of her best friends on Saturday. So I might not be alive by Monday. So this might be my <laughs> final um, show. So I love you guys. Um, you, we'll Hillary. see. I know. What's worse, know. like a 10-year-old sleepover or a 14-year-old sleepover? Oh, God. Uh, 14, in my opinion. I, mean, I know. There was a group of seven of us that were super close, and I don't know how our parents put up with that because we would rotate to someone's house every single week, and they had to I, deal with seven girls. That's the crazy thing is that I, for my seventh birth, seventh birthday, had like 10 girls over to spend mm-hmm. the night. And I don't know if it's because my parents, like, there were already five of us, so like, what's <laughs> a billion more? The way my childhood house was set up was different, too, where it was not that big, but my parents' room was upstairs on one side of the house and the kids' room was in the front downstairs. So it was like we were so far away that they wouldn't even, um, they didn't give a shit. They were just like, okay, go over there. Like, I don't want to hear you. My house is a little bit more like I'm going to be able to hear them. Luckily, there's only going to be three of them. Dave and Rory are getting out of town. They're like, we're going to go to San Antonio (laughs) for the night, which is fine. That's great. boys trip. That'll be (laughs) nice, though. No, it's nice. And they can sleep in Rory's room, and they can all spread out over that corner of the house. But... I t- Bridget went to a sleepover a couple of months ago and the mom who's super nice, but she's very crafty and she organized and did games and had crafting games and uh, like Olympics and gymnastics and all that. And what? I said, I, I don't, I'm not doing that. No, <laughs> I That's don't overachieving. You don't need to. Do yes. That. I'm like, I don't, you guys can like make TikToks or watch movies <laughs> and stuff. Like I'll watch a movie with you. I'll make some popcorn, but like, I'm not doing that. She was like, well, okay. And I'm like, you have, you have the wrong mom. If you I, want me to. I almost put in my introduction for you. She's not a crafty mom. <laughs> I am not a crafty mom. I see crafts and I immediately get stressed out. Like a glue gun. Kill me. Absolutely not. Get it away from here. Um, so huh, we'll see how it is. I th- I think it should be fun. Though it was funny because Bridget said, I really want to watch Clueless with them, but I don't know if they will like it. And I said, okay, baby, like mommy's a little bit permissive about what you watch. Like, yeah, I'm trying to think I- now how objectionable would that have been to my mother who was extremely strict? I know. So I said, if, if we watch it, I'm going to have to ask them, you know, and they might say no. And she said, well, maybe we'll just watch Harry Potter. Yeah. And I said, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, watch a, Harry there's a joint. Right? At that yes, party. Yeah. And there's sex and you know. Yeah, she talks about like doing coke and being a virgin. And so. kind of oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
you're a virgin who can't drive. <laughs> the <laughs> worst like, wanna... insult ever recorded <laughs> yeah. on film. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I mean, maybe Back to the Future, but yeah, I don't know. Anyway, oh, it should one. be fun. Yeah. But it is weird that she's 10. I don't know. 10, like uh, under 10 seems like, oh, they're still little kids. But 10 seems like, I always say this with every birthday, but I like remember that birthday. You know, I remember turning 10 and what it felt like. And um, Missy, listener Missy, best friend of the show, Missy's mom, she owned a a craft store. I was best friends with a crafty person. Mm -hmm. And she made every 10-year-old in our like it, Missy got <laughs> Missy got invited to every single birthday party because her mom would make a t-shirt that has all of your interests on it. I wish I had a picture of it. Maybe I'll get Missy to send one where it would be like my dog's name and like what camp I went to and I like theater or whatever, like all of your interests like wow. on one shirt and it was like that was the prize to have when you turned 10. So why? I, why I mean <laughs> That's kind of an inelegant question, but but why? Why did she make it, and why was it such a hot commodity? I, you know what, it was 1988. No idea. It was just that was the thing that you had to have. The year before, I think it was like a T-shirt with a bandana ironed onto it, and sometimes bejeweled. And we that was the Mm -hmm. shit. We were like, hell yes, this is the this is the accessory that you want. A bandana ironed on how where. Like on to like, <laughs> I wish I had a picture of him. It was like almost like a like around collar. the neck. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, around the neck. Okay, like a little. <laughs> no, we thought it was the shit. Like I was like, and for my tent, since Missy was my best friend, I'm pretty sure I got boxers and a t-shirt with like my. Wow. And there were pictures drawn on it too. Like it wasn't just words. There were pictures drawn. It. Camille still Camille's creation. She still has a little Etsy shop where she creates like personalized things but yeah it was the it was the bomb (laughs) anyway Bridget's not getting that she is uh getting a sleepover and a trip to San Francisco in two months so yay I think I I mean I don't understand why you have to have all the craft stuff in my opinion just uh let them run wild get get them hopped up on candy and popcorn yep and an exciting movie and let them go I'm getting an ice cream cake tomorrow I know. So ready to go. I'm ready to go. I told her I was going to order pizza and I was like, it's going to be Domino's. I'm not getting expensive pizza. Y'all are eating Domino's. She was like, that's fine. Kids don't care. <laughs> they don't know. know the difference. Know exactly. <laughs> you could get Tombstone. I know. Yeah. Ooh, actually. Um, Meredith, you got that government money? Quick hit. Yeah. Um, I talked about my um, student loans disappearing uh, into thin air a couple of weeks ago and that I was maybe getting a refund. And yesterday I got t- like 12 emails in a row, uh, <laughs> about 12 individual deposits <laughs> to my checking account um, for various random amounts that used to be my payment amounts. Um and they were refunded to me. So I really did. Like, I'm just so shocked. Yay. That it actually worked. That's I mean, that it actually, you didn't, ha- you didn't have to chase it down or no, anything. It actually, first, yeah, shocked that it worked to begin with. And secondly, extra shocked that they actually refunded my extra payments. And yeah. these are the payments that I made during the COVID pause because everybody's student loans went on pause. Um, and they gave them all back. Wow. Amazing. I'm just shocked. And the you government know, is competent. Sort of, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like very positive about the government right now. It's weird, <laughs> weird. Hmm. I mean, I was just listening to Fresh Air, and apparently, 
this is a stolen presidency, but whatever, you know, feel how you feel. I'm kidding. <laughs> what if I was serious? Like what I was if, a secret. <laughs> I mean, there's no way on earth that that Betsy DeVos was ever going to, you know, get this fixed. No. So, no, you know, no. just for that alone, I'm glad that Biden stole it unfairly. <laughs> Guys, I was listening to Joe Rogan the other day. You know what he said. <laughs> My favorite podcast. Yes. Um, he's the best. I was thinking, like, what am I going to do with this one? And then I was like, oh, yeah, we need to replace the fence. Okay, oh. never mind. <laughs> so, that that <laughs> is but, the drawback you know. to adulthood is sure there is never a lack of places to use the money. That's true. Yep. In a Always. non-fun way. In a non-fun yeah. way. Although it will be nice to have a new fence. And we're sharing it with our neighbor. So he is, like, sharing the cost, which is okay. amazing. Cool. So yeah. I think that'll be, hopefully, that will be a drama-free situation. So other side from Derek, the other neighbor. Um, and he's a home inspector. So hopefully he's got some hookups. Oh, that's on cool. Oh, yeah. that's good. Got the inside scoop. You know, yep. I never thought when I was in my 40s that the prospect of like, getting a new toilet would be something that I looked <laughs> oh, forward man, to so much. Oh, I would love so to replace much. the toilets. They're not even oh. that much money. Like, I should just do no, it. So one of my – here's a horror story for you. One of my coworkers was telling me that in his old condo slash townhome – he had a toilet that apparently the porcelain was unglazed on the inside Ooh. of the bowl. And Ooh. he lived in, oh God, I forget what he said, but he lived in a suburb where the water had a specific, like really corrosive chemical in it. Oh no. And over time, yes, the chemical ate away at the toilet bowl until oh. one day it spontaneously, <gasps> and it was a thing. And he was out of town. Oh, God. And it was, and it was the upstairs bathroom. And he said, like, his neighbor called him or emailed him or something and was like, hey, there's a sheet of water running out underneath your garage door. Oh. And when he came home, he found out that the water had just completely collapsed the bathroom floor and that water had flowed all in and covered the master bedroom floor and it was a complete gut job (laughs) and and his insurance gesture said here's the thing your policy in general toilets are only covered for 10 years (gasps) that's a standard thing I need to replace all of my toilets. Oh my god! Yes, and now we're going to talk about anxiety on the show. (laughs) Ever since he told me that story, I'm like, I gotta get a new toilet. I need a new toilet. When am I gonna get a new toilet? Is this thing glazed? (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, I like. I mean, we're gonna redo our bathroom, and yeah, that's gonna be a number one. Get Mm -hmm. rid of this old. This yeah. old toilet. I think I'm going to do it next month. I decided yeah. that I wanted to wait until the worst of winter was over. I don't know why. Yeah. It's just arbitrary. Yeah. But then I think I'm going to do it. My mom got a nice new one, so I'm going to ask her what she got. I feel like they range from what I've like casually seen. Like you can get, they're not that bad unless you go like to the super crazy high end, and you're like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Why are these well, so like the crazy yeah. Japanese ones? You're mm-hmm. like, why are these so expensive? I mean, I remember. The last time I had a plumber come in to fix a toilet, because I don't know, a valve or something was, not a valve, but something in the tank was uh, splashing. It was not that big of a deal. And you know how they they work up a couple of different options in their sales pitch? Like, Mm, well, we could do 
like the the band-aid or we could do the mm-hmm. the silver fix we could do the gold fix and i remember getting a new like the cheapest new toilet or something was going to be like 900 bucks that's the number that stuck in my head i don't know maybe that was the gold standard or something it seems like a lot it kind of does for a toilet doesn't it yeah yeah it's toilet and labor i think a must for my next one is a built-in bidet we have a tushy like attachment and it's the best thing that i've ever bought and it was only like a hundred dollars so i know we've um, talked about this would be awesome is it warm water or cold water um it is hooked up to the to the warm so you you have to like let it run. You know, it's just like the faucet. It's not immediate warm water, but it can be if you let it run. Mm, okay. And there's like a, you know, you can, you don't have to like blast yourself with freezing cold water until it warms <laughs> up. It will just go down instead of up. So it's a pretty clever design and I want a built-in one um, in the next one. If it's not $900, jeez. Yeah, please. But I mean, I guess, you know, something you use multiple times Yeah, it's, it's kind it. of important. <laughs> and I kind of never leave the house, so yeah, it's a high traffic area. Um, okay let's move on to the mailbag let's leave Um, toilet talk behind let's leave toilet talk behind I'm anxious about something else now Um, which is that my toilet is going to destroy my house Um, we got a bunch of responses to our question of the week from last week which is what is your favorite snow day activity thanks guys for putting in a bunch of words I don't know how to pronounce again Um, so Rose says watching movies pretty good yes straightforward um christine says my sister and i would lie in bed listening to the radio as they would list off the schools in alphabetical order on k104 here's one sog sogerties it's in new york i looked it up to try and get a pronunciation even and i couldn't because i don't know um school district came right before ours which is what back and kill now that's Um, a funny word sure that's a place um so our ears would perk up and then bam turn off the radio sleep in then shovel the driveway then play in the snow until our socks were soaked through then go inside and watch tv all day with our feet resting on the heater the best that sounds pretty idealized it does sound great cow yeah yeah Emily says, just eating so many snacks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, especially if your parents have to go to work. <laughs> yeah, you're like, bye. Oh, you guys are so lucky that you didn't have stay-at-home moms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Laura says, as an employee of the federal government, I still wait for the announcement <laughs> that work might be closed or delayed. Uh, I know, right? As an employee of a school, yeah, I please, wait please, for please, the announcement. Please. Man, I used to be the employee of a hospital, and they, let me tell you, they never close. So oh, heck no. never got any of that. <laughs> um, Sarah said, going to cut to the chase here? Daytime drinking. <laughs> I don't think that's what you did when you were a kid. Not when you were a kid. Well, <laughs> but we it is specify. a valid answer. <laughs> yeah. And in a similar vein, Linda says, drinking coffee with Baileys while watching stupid rom-coms. That, that sounds, sounds nice. wonderful. That sounds really nice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Amanda says, sleeping in. Kalina says, same as any other day, napping in front of the TV. <laughs> Kevin says, bumper skiing. What's I don't know what that skiing? is. I, I don't have know. no idea. I was, I was waiting on the northerners to tell me what bumper skiing was. Sounds uh, made up. Mi- the lower peninsula of Michigan is flat as a pancake, so um, we have cross-country skiing. Oh! I'm seeing pictures of someone on a sled being pulled by a vehicle. Oh. oh, oh, that makes sense. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so you're hanging from the bumper. Okay, got it. That got is it. very illegal. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> very dangerous. It's very, it's very. Um, what you call it? Like a 
uh, Back to the Future where he's like hanging on the right <laughs> on I the back. Like, yeah, I think my brother did this because he was a skateboarder and then he played like roller hockey and rollerbladed and stuff. So I think he did this a lot um, without telling my mom, of course. <laughs> Dangerous. Okay. Um, Bet says hot tea, a book, TV, and comfy PJs. Hmm, I'll be over, Bet. Seriously. Um, and Lane says, when I was little, I would go outside with my dad to build what we called snow cubbies, little caves made of snow. I would also deliberately plant my whole face in the snowbank because that's what our <laughs> Samoyed, Samoyed? Yeah. is that what they're called? Mm-hmm. Named Nimbus did. They are the cutest oh, dogs, but I've never heard that pronounced. Said out loud. Yeah. Um, little caves made of snow. That's funny. Um, I learned how to make those in um, at zoo school. It was like a survival thing oh. because if you're out in the snow, it's actually warmer to be inside of a you know a little snow cave because you're protected from the wind and stuff. Sure, we and they're used actually to... really comfortable. We used to get really big snow berms out in front of our house that there was a nice big pile right on the corner. And we spent a lot of time and effort digging in to make a snow cave or something. But the problem is, once you get it made and you get in there, you're like, well, now what? Well, now I'm here. Yeah, there's not much else <laughs> like, you to know, do. You it's still cold. What are you going to do? Read? We were forced, I think we were forced to like sit in there for an hour or something just to see how we felt. Ugh, um, zoo school. Yeah, we, well, <laughs> he made us sit out in the woods a lot with our little journals and write our observations. So that's probably what we did in there. Uh, Journal in your ice cubby. Yep. <laughs> My hands are frozen. <laughs> Can't hold the that's pencil. That's all I feel. Yep. So that's it for mail. That was a fun one. I love that. Was, I love snow yeah. days. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, let's uh, roll on over to Medium Talk here and talk about anxiety and me. <laughs> I want to tell you guys how this um, how this topic came to my mind. Because last week, I had the worst experience with anxiety that I've ever had. A different kind of anxiety that I've ex- than I've experienced before. And I had kind of a week. I asked for the week off from the show because I was so discombobulated. I just needed to get recompopulated before uh, I could do anything else with my life. But um, so I'll sort of give a quick overview of the things that were going on. Number one, I had a plumbing problem. Speaking of toilets and the like. Um, And it happened on a Friday night at 9 p.m. Because, of course, of course, of course, the main floor drain in your house backs up at Mm -hmm. 9 p.m. on a Friday night. And I called my mom and I said, hey, can I come and stay with you this weekend? And I actually ended up staying with my mom from Friday night through Tuesday. So, And it was really fun, to tell you the truth. I liked being Slumber my mom's party. roommate, yeah. you know. I liked it much better than when I was, you know. Um, yeah, you're not under her thumb anymore. <laughs> I know. When I was 22, that year after college, that my first year of grad school and I moved home, you know, and she still... Um, saw me as the child and we were still in our kind of parent child roles yeah. and yeah. that and I was like I'm grown up now <laughs> um, <laughs> but this was I'm an adult exactly <laughs> this is much better uh, okay so there was that and then I was telling you guys I've been having a little bit of a problem with my period to the point where I'm talking to my mom about it when I was staying with her and she was like you know you should probably go see the doctor about that that doesn't sound normal and I'm mostly sure that it's just perimenopausal stuff. I mean, I'm going to be yeah. 45 in yeah. a couple of weeks here. But still, you know, what's to stop it from being cancer? 
right? Yes. yes. So there was that. And then I have to get my driver's license renewed and I need to get a real ID since we have to upgrade now. And then, you know, you have to bring four different forms of appropriate ID. And I was all worried about that. And then I had to go to the dentist and I had some cavities not being new cavities, just where the old cavities were kind of wearing out and stuff was getting underneath them. So they had to get redone. I don't like none of this stuff is insurmountable and none of it's even really bad. Like, I don't mind the dentist. We've talked about that before. I've had so many cavities filled that whatever, bring it on. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal to me. Uh, and then the capper was I had to go to a wedding shower last weekend. Oh. <sighs> What, what are we doing? What circle of hell is Why? wedding shower? Oh, God. <laughs> and I have such social anxiety, and I always have, and it's always been so terrible. And I was talking to my mom about it, and she was really nice. And she said, well, we'll go together, and then we can leave early. You just let me know when you want to go, and we'll go. And I was like, but I don't want to be in there in the first place. I can't let you know when I want to go because it would be the second we walk in the I door. Go right now. Like I yeah. always have this problem. I know we've talked about this before on the show. Like I end up staying till the end of the party because I'm so miserable. There's nothing that says, "Okay, I've had a lovely time now, but I'm ready to be done with this." Yeah. I, yeah. I, I can't identify when is the appropriate time for me to leave because I hate it all so much. And I don't know. Like, what is the anxiety of going to a party? What what could happen? I could be the most awkward person on the face of the earth and say something that's so embarrassing that I get kicked out of the human race and they drop me down a well and I die, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> is Unlikely, that but what's going to happen? Maybe. More more likely, it's going to be two to three hours of a pleasant conversation with people I don't know. And you have a piece of cake and you go home. And actually, it turned out to be really nice. Um, so it was not the disaster that I feared it would be. But all of this stuff together. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that's a lot of small, like, that's death by a thousand cuts. Right. So... From the time I came home on Tuesday night after the plumbing got fixed through Saturday when I talked to my therapist, God love her, she earns her money, I had this physical pit in my stomach. I woke up every morning feeling dread, like mm-hmm. yeah, something terrible is going to happen to me. Yep. And there was no reason to think any of that other than all this little shitty, stupid stuff, right? But it was to the point where once I got on the Zoom call with my therapist, I started bawling. So I was like, I don't know what to do with this. And so that means that <clears throat> anxiety has been on my mind <laughs> lately. And I thought maybe we should talk about this a little bit. And my first question is, are you an anxious person? And of course, obviously, my answer is yes. But I spent all of my life not knowing it. And when I went to see this current therapist for the first time, you know, you talk to them in the initial consultation or whatever. And she's like, and so you have problems with depression? And I'm like, uh-huh. And she said, <laughs> and anxiety as well. And I said, no, I'm not an anxious person. And she said, really? <laughs> she and already said, doesn't believe you? <laughs> I was like, no, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty much on top of everything all the time. And 
it took a while of working with her to realize that I am a deeply anxious person and that I had masked it so effectively that I didn't even know it. There is a underground river of anxiety that is the under the bedrock of my life, but I just sort of misidentified anxiety as something kind of spikier or more immediate. Yeah. Yeah, like you're just responding to the right, moment. Right, sort of right a, a stimuli response yep. rather than just a state of being. But the way that I have combated it my whole life is to try and out-organize anxiety. That's why my nickname is Anne with a plan, because I tried <laughs> to think of every eventuality, plan for everything, be so prepared that I could head anxiety off at the pass and I would never have to feel it. Yeah. And I actually legitimately thought I was not an anxious person for 30 mm, odd years of my life. That must have been a fun wake up call. Well, I mean, once you identify the problem, you can start to fix it, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Theoretically. Yeah. But it was so strange since I never identified as anxious to find out that, in fact... You are an anxious American. I'm a nervous little <laughs> Nelly. <laughs> but Meredith, you've talked in the past about being anxious. So I'm I'm interesting yes. to know like what your experience with it has been. It's been really varied. Um so it's definitely been a different levels and different expressions throughout my life. As a kid, I was anxious because I thought if I didn't do everything perfect, I would end up in jail, like literal (laughs) black and white striped shirt. And Um, I thought if I didn't do everything perfectly, my parents would stop loving me. So (laughs) there we go. See, I kind of didn't. I I always thought my parents loved me because they like legally had to or they they didn't have a choice. (laughs) So I was always like, yeah, they can't. Somehow that escaped me. I sort of thought that if my mom got tired of me, she could just leave me behind somewhere. Well, I don't think they were allowed to bring us to the fire station back then. So <laughs> they're stuck with you yep. at least for a little bit. But it's it's interesting uh, to bring perfectionism into it and think that, about what I a source how... of anxiety that is. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's. I think that's kind of two pronged because. You know, I was worried about not doing everything perfectly or even doing it well. But I also, it's kind of a coping mechanism, too. It's like, as long as I stay on top, like you were saying, Ann, as long as you stay on top of everything, everything will be all right, which is absolutely not true because there no. are plenty of things that you can't control, like your, your you know, drain in your house or whatever, mm-hmm. or the balcony collapsing. <laughs> um, oh, you know what you sparked at me? I remember in college when I was getting into my upper level math classes, I don't recommend being a math major. It sucks. Um, And I notice, and by the time you get to that level, you you just use graph paper, not like lined notebooks or anything. Oh, yeah, you don't even bother with it. Yeah, no, it's just graph paper. And I noticed that the more lost I would get in class, the neater my handwriting would get (laughs) on that graph paper in like perfect little tiny grids of writing. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a way of coping with my anxiety of not knowing the material was Mm -hmm. just to be as neat as possible. Yeah. I can at least do this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and you know, school was always a source of anxiety until I was done with it. Like, oh, of course. And I, you know, to some extent it was good pressure because it kept me going, even though I was working and going to school, you know, and trying to like live on my own. It was like terrifying all the time. And partying. 
Uh, I did a lot of that too. Yeah, I don't know how I managed to fit that in. Priority. You you look back at that and you're like, how in God's name did I ever do that? I used to get off. Well, I've said this before. I'd get out of work at 11:30 p.m. and go to the bar and close so, it out, and then yes. go to school at eight in the morning. I don't know so, how I did that. Uh, yeah. I can't have a glass of wine anymore, so, you know, <laughs> there's that. 40. Um, I know, I'm like, 10.30, you know, wow, I'm staying yeah. late. <laughs> Woo! Way too late. You know, nowadays, I've, I've had, um, you know, depression has always been the bigger problem for me, but the depression and anxiety usually go hand in hand, mm-hmm. at least to some extent, um, and... The worst anxiety I've ever had was when I was first put on my depression medication, which was Welbutrin, and it was not the extended release. And Welbutrin has kind of an effect of like shooting you up, like making you more energetic. Um, And the not extended release, especially, it's like being on speed. And I was like, you know, I couldn't stop fidgeting. I was super duper thirsty and I was like hardly sleeping. And I had a panic attack for the first time in my life. And it, yeah, it really does feel like you're dying. It's really bizarre feeling. Um, and I ended up going to the doctor and being like, I think my heart's going to explode. Like, what's happening here? <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. We obviously need to put you on a different formulation of this drug. <laughs> this isn't working This is not the you? right one. Um, <laughs> so that kind of set off like a roller, like a whole like merry-go-round of medication um, until we found the right one, which actually was Wellbutrin extended release. <laughs> I just take it in the morning. <laughs> it's okay. Um and, you know, nowadays I feel like I'm a lot less anxious um, just because, like, life situations are more calm. I don't have as much to actively mm-hmm. worry about. Of course I worry about the house, but, like, the, the, the worry is, like, okay, you know, if something terrible happens, it's going to be expensive and it's going to be annoying and inconvenient and uncomfortable. Those are the things I don't like about that. You know, it's yeah. not like I'm going to die um, or, you know, everybody in my life will 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 never talk to me again or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's just these sort of like very physical, immediate concerns. Um, you know, and I, I worry about, you know, being in a new job is anxiety making, but that's very yep. situational, Yeah, you know, and that's starting to l- level off now as I'm getting more comfortable in my job. And, um, but it was pretty, you know, it was pretty um, stressful at the beginning. Um, yeah. So just because like, I was so used to feeling like I knew exactly what I was doing and kind of being, um, an authority to just being like, I don't know how to do anything. <laughs> Where do we save this? Uh, <laughs> how do I do? Like, ugh. Say, I, I've been saying dumb stuff in meetings just because I'm ignorant of like how things exactly work. And, you know, somebody will correct me and I'll be like, oh, God, I'm such an idiot, <laughs> you know? And it's not that. It's just a learning process. So that's right, what yeah. I keep trying to remind myself of. Um, yeah. I was actually so grateful to have my second job working at the store when I started at the university because I could leave the university and go to the store where I had like unquestioned knowledge and command of every situation. Mm -hmm. I could go there and feel competent and feel like I belonged, (laughs) like I was good at it. Yep. 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 Yep, I'm not there yet, but I'm at least not like my heart isn't pounding every time I send an email like, oh, yeah. God, am I messing this up so bad? <laughs> Is this the week they fire me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I had my 90-day review, and it was very positive, and I was like, really? Oh. Huh? <laughs> so I think that's kind of what I started to relax a little bit. Like, okay, I'm, you know, and that's usually, like, if I'm doing, if I'm trying hard, I can't beat myself up too bad about making mistakes and not knowing everything, because nobody knows everything. Yeah. So I try to give myself a break on that kind of anxiety. I just hate to look stupid in front of other people. I do too. Ugh, I, I do know. too. But I've, I, I feel like I've done it enough that I'm like, well, <laughs> oh well. 
I don't know. I mean, that's kind of what, how I feel about a lot of things that make me anxious is like, oh, well, I don't know. Yes. You yeah. Know, that's it's like if they think I'm stupid, that's that's their problem, I guess. Yeah. Um, I would say that I did not grow up as an anxious person. Um, except that there was always a need for me to make everybody happy and being anxious about that, like entertain people and make sure everybody in the room is, <laughs> is happy all the time. They're happy with me and they're happy with each other. Mm-hmm. And I, when I went to see a therapist for the first time, like Rory was a baby and, you know, Bridget was like three or four or whatever. She, I mean, she wasn't that hippie dippy ish, but she was definitely like, I can tell that you're somebody when you walk into a room, you can like sense the vibe, which sounds so hokey, but like I, and probably I do it too much where I read the room too strongly where I'm like, things are off. Are you okay? Are you okay? And everybody's fine. They're just like having resting bitch face for whatever reason. <laughs> and it's not a reflection on me. It's just as yeah. like, they're just doing mm-hmm. whatever they're doing. So I, as I grew older and I've, I've read this a little bit that like a lot of mental illness kind of can kick into higher gear when you're in your early 20s and definitely when I was in college um, and I say this this was not her fault but my college roommate and I had and we were roommates for all four years it started off really fun and then it just became a very codependent relationship when I say that like she it, it I she would admit to this that she is a depressed person and I am not and I would try to fix everything for her mm. but then I would get mad Aww. and then she would sort of get mad you know it was this it was bad like it, and I blamed her a lot and didn't really recognize like my role in the situation like no I'm like trying to fix everything in her like I remember us walking around Paris and her I don't know her bag was heavy and I was like just fine I'll, like I'll take your bag so I'm like carrying both of our bags on my bag and I'm thinking like I'm basically Jesus now like I'm doing all of this and really I'm just <laughs> trying to fix something to make everybody happy with me it's like a reflection mm-hmm. of me not like me being such a good person mm-hmm. it's just like I just want everybody to be happy and get along and that's really what um made me go to therapy because it was like taking such a toll on me as like, I'm just worried about what people think of me and what people like are happy with each other and trying to fix other people's relationships. And, um, so yeah, it like, it, it kicked into pretty high gear. Meredith, I kind of feel a little bit like you, I go through in it. I go in and out. Like I, Sometimes I'll wake up and be like, today's going to be good. Like I don't have that many meetings and you know, I've got all my work under control, but what I, what I do a lot, and this is a, a problem because adulthood sucks is I like play whack-a-mole with my life where I'm like, yep. I want to get them all down. Yep. I, I need to get them all down. And like, guess what? I, I know this intellectually when you're an adult, nothing is going to be all down all the time. Like, it just doesn't happen. Maybe for 10 seconds it happens and then something comes up and it just is the way it is with work, with your life, with your relationships. It's just the way it is. And I have to accept that. And that is something that is really hard for me to accept because I always desire to live in placid waters. Like that's, I want no drama. I want everything to be okay. I want everybody to be happy with each other. I want to hear about the drama in other people's lives. Don't get me wrong. Like, please tell me everything (laughs) salacious in your life, but I don't, I, I want everybody close to me getting along. And so like any, anything kind of like bubbling up really freaks me out. And I, yeah, that, that's how that it's made. I as um, middle child syndrome for sure. I was definitely the mediator between the yes. two, the other two yeah. siblings. Yeah. Like stop fighting. I'll do whatever, you know. Whatever it takes. To, I will, and it's, yeah. 
And it, and I remember my therapist just saying, you just have to walk away. Like you can't, unless you are a part of it, you need to walk away because mm-hmm. you can't control how other people are feeling about somebody else or even about yourself, honestly, as long as you're, you know, doing your level best. Um, you just need to walk away from a situation. If there are two people arguing or in this case being passive aggressive to each other and you can kind of feel that something is off and it's like affecting you, you need to walk away. Mm-hmm. And But I tried uh, to pretend that I like Meredith. That's <laughs> oh, <laughs> so awkward. Guys, <laughs> just talk it out. I'm no. walking away. Bye. <laughs> you hear me like my mic goes off. And I'm like, There's only room for one lady scientist on this podcast. That's true. <laughs> one mastermind can be here. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. I mean, I, I would say not all the time, but a lot of the time. I think, yeah, it, I uh, yeah it was pretty revelatory for me when my therapist said you cannot be responsible for other people's feelings yeah that is and an i was like realization isn't it uh-huh yeah. and it is because it i a lot of I'm, off. I'm such a codependent personality and a people pleaser i think you're more people pleasier than me or you're hillary you're more of an entertainer yes you're more of like action item pleaser like i'll do that my i'm like i'm gonna make you happy you know like watch this <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of friends wasn't it when ross and rachel were fighting or something and chandler was clowning to try and um, <laughs> distract them take the tension down yeah you're, yes. you're chandler in this situation yes. <laughs> i really like your whack-a-mole analogy yes too because that is something that i feel deeply depressed about <laughs> no. although my uh, my uh example is the list it's like there's the list yes of things and all i want to do is get to the point where everything is crossed off the list and I never get there. And my therapist, my therapist said to me, Anne, the list is life and life <laughs> is the list. It's not that you have to get everything crossed off so that now you can go and have your life. The crossing off is life. And I was like, son of a bitch. I know. Yeah, that sucks. I know. I have to learn that dishes and laundry and toilet replacement and gym visits, <sighs> that's life. That's not pre-life. It's never going to end. It's never going to end. And you have to decide if you're going to be like, yeah, because I used to always be like, okay, once I get done with this list of whatever it is, uh, then I can enjoy something. And it's exactly. Like- <laughs> I can't oh, enjoy man. it when the list is hanging over my head. That is so stressful. And mm-hmm. once you realize like, well, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to be perfect and I can't do it all. So I may as well just enjoy the thing or relax or be happy because I can decide to do that. If I could decide to do it once X, Y, and Z were done, I can decide to do it now. Yeah. You know, and that's super hard to do. Yeah. It is. I have these things where I think, again, it goes into the trying to be organized and prepared. It's like if we're about to record or if I'm about to have a meeting or something where I'm on a timeline, all of a sudden I'm like, well, I can't go and get on the jamboree if the dishes aren't done. And like, how can I give my full attention to our show planning if I know that there are dirty dishes downstairs? I have to do them. Before I, I get on the call. Otherwise, the police will come. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you don't. But wouldn't it just be nicer if they were done and I didn't get done with the call and then come have to do work? 
That's well, I mean, that's sort of something that I deal with because I'm also a procrastinator, which causes me anxiety, which, you know, it's so sometimes, yeah, it is a cycle, but sometimes I, I, I try to get into that mindset of like, you're going to be so happy if this is done and you didn't procrastinate it because all you're going to be doing is thinking about this when you're doing something else. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, just do it. And most of the time it is easy just to fucking do the dishes or sweep the floor or whatever, you know, do something like that. And then it's done and I'm happy and I can go watch TV or whatever. But uh, yeah, it is a cycle that I get myself into. Well, let's get a little bit more specific then. You're starting to get into it now, Hillary, about how it manifests, your anxiety manifests. Well, as far as like the feeling I get, um, you, Aunt Meredith, you were talking, well, I mean, you were saying the medicine was giving you like heart palpitations mm-hmm. and kind of like, <laughs> I get this feeling of my skin feels sort of like vibrating, like, and it's not you can't see it. It's not like my hands are shaking or anything, but everything feels just uneasy. Like I just feel sort of like on edge a little bit. And, but it is like sort of a physical manifestation manifestation because I just feel like my heart doesn't race. That's not it. I have a very low, (laughs) my body thinks I'm way more of an athlete than I actually am. Like my heart's never racing. It's more just like, I feel uneasy. I mean, that's it. That just is, I just feel this creeping sense of dread sort of in me. And then that turns into grumpiness at my kids or my husband or, you know, anybody around me. Um, and then thinking everybody is mad at me. And then I go lay down. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I, I get, then I get sort of jealous of, and people like you, because I know that there are people like you. I know, there are a group of people that when they are anxious, like they feel the need to organize, like that's their coping mechanism is organizing and just planning. Mine is so the opposite is like burrowing my head and not dealing with it, which is not great because then I'm stressed out about whatever I've been procrastinating on. But it's like, I put my head in the sand and I'm like, I'm just, I can't deal with this right now. It like causes me immediate exhaustion. I'm like one of those, like I need like a fainting couch or something. Like (laughs) I can't deal with this. It's too much. Well, or organizing your way out of it is only mm, effective or non-effective, as the case may be, but only works if you have any power over the situation. Yes. Right? Because yeah. I, yeah. when the pandemic first started, and boy, that was a rough time. Remember that? Yeah. God. I did exactly the same thing that you were doing, though, as I yeah. would get so tired. I was like, I just, I can't. And I would go in like the mid-afternoon and just sleep for four hours because yeah. my body just couldn't handle any of that. I wonder if rest is a better coping strategy. Honestly, like we don't give ourselves enough permission to rest. True. And you're feeling guilty about it, but uh, it might be better than like, you know, running yourself ragged, trying to fix something you can't fix. Or acting yeah. out or maybe it yeah. is better to just go in your room and lie down instead of yeah. you know, getting grumpy at the people around you. <laughs> I know. I'm, well, and I have told Dave this, like, you know, during the week, I'm pretty, um, you know, I wake up early, work out, I get the kids out ready for school, make breakfast, get ready for work, like do the great, the weeks are really regimented for me. Like I boom, 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 do all that. On the weekends, largely, I'm like, uh, you know, I'm up in my room watching, you know, fucking Emily in Paris or something stupid where and playing Candy Crush like I really I go into like 
I power off mode. Like I'm like a robot that just is like, like I am done for the, I can't like, I can't. And then, and then seriously, I'm Rosie um, from the Jetsons. And like about three o'clock on Sunday, then I'll kind of get out of it and, you know, start getting ready for the week and making meals and all that kind of stuff. But I, I have to put in these barriers for myself because otherwise I will run myself a little bit ragged, whether it is actually doing stuff or it's just like worrying about doing stuff or, you know, thinking about kid shit or work shit or whatever. And yeah, I have to kind of power down. I got to hand it to you parents. I can barely cope with my own life. I I don't don't understand how you have other lives in the bargain. Mm -mm. I mean, you just, I will say, see where I'm in this sort of, quasi sweet spot right now I say that and something terrible is going to happen but where my kids aren't babies anymore they're not quite teenagers though Bridget is surely knocking on that door but like they're kind of I, I don't need to physically help them with so much like it's not you know wiping butts and it's not nursing and it's not putting people to bed and all that kind of stuff and, and they can be alone for a second and not die that's great but it is a lot I mean there's just as like all of this sort of executive planning stuff which mm-hmm. somebody else in my house is not so great at um, and that's fine because I'm fine at it it's what I do it's fine but it, it, it does take thinking like I'm already it's fucking February what 10th and I'm like okay do, do we have summer planned is it mm. all we got all the camps ready to go I mean it's just kind of forward thinking on that part um, and I'm definitely not you know I'm like I always say like I'm a B parent like I'm not Obviously, as previously stated, I am not crafty. I am not hyper involved in their social lives, meaning like I'm not going to be the mom that's like, tell me what's going on with your friends. Like, I want to meet all your friends and be all involved in like PTA stuff. That's just not that's not my bag. Um, But it's still a lot. It's a lot. And I have fucking two. I mean, I'm glad I have two, but also (laughs) two is a lot. I think you're measuring yourself against an unrealistic standard. I don't know that I would have wanted that mom. Frankly, no, I know. If I was a kid. I know. I and I didn't either. And my mom was great about. I mean, like I said, I gave Bridget um, for her birthday. I gave her a trip to San Francisco because, well, I mean, it's kind of a trip for me as well. She's not going by herself, and I did it because my kids have too much shit as it is. They don't need any more. They barely play with their toys. They're all just like watching their iPads. But. Um, my mom was really, really good about taking us on adventure, like taking us places and giving us experiences as opposed to like being the PTA mom and stuff. Like she was involved enough where it's not like I felt like I was neglected, but, but she wasn't, we had our own independent lives and she let us have our independent. And I want Bridget to have, to deal with stuff and, and make her own choices. But also I want to, I don't know, show her the wider world. That is my mom thing is to show her the world but you know speaking of anxiety holy shit i really have to compartmentalize like my kids stuff because if i thought about like there's and i'm so lucky that my kids are like you know seemingly neurotypical and you know don't have any health problems i'm so lucky because i don't know how parents like that i mean there's all these like gradations like i don't know how a parent with like a severely autistic kid can do it but they do and you just do it you know Mm -hmm. you just figure it out but I'm like I'm barely surviving as it is and my kids are like you know normal kids whatever that means 
Knock on wood. I know. <laughs> so far. <laughs> I know. So far. We'll see. Rory just told me that he found um, my Twitter account. He was like, I searched your name plus Twitter and I found your Twitter account. I'm oh, like, okay, no. I'm going to be locking that down. <laughs> oh, he is way too young to be searching for your Twitter account. And there's nothing if you go to, you can go to my twitter account hillive there's nothing it's it's nothing it's just there's sex sex nothing. sex and swears <laughs> yes blowjobs blowjobs fuck <laughs> well i'm clipping that <laughs> all right meredith i want to hear about how your anxiety manifests other than uh perfectionism yeah, um, there's certainly a lot of worrying. For some reason, that feels like a um, something that has to happen so that I don't forget things. And that's insane because I could just write them down. Oh, <laughs> and the fear of forgetting things yeah. in this world. There's so much stuff to keep track of, you yes, know, and I feel so like much. I deal with a vast majority of that stuff and I'm doing a lot of that mental work of like how many paper towels do we have and right. I got to remember to bring this here and blah 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 you know so that sort of stuff I feel like there's a million of those things running through my mind at all times and sometimes they're like too small to bother writing down or they just never end mm-hmm. so there's no point so it's just I feel like I need to keep track of things and that makes me tense yeah. up um, sometimes like on a Saturday morning I'll get overwhelmed with anxiety that I will forget something that I need and want to accomplish this weekend. And so I grab a post-it and I'm like, I just need to have it where I can go and look at it and I don't have to worry about forgetting it. Yeah. Yep. And then that eases it a little bit. And then you can put it out of your brain because Yeah. And it's... then it's like do laundry, uh do a workout, do another workout, see my therapist, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Like am, am I gonna forget it? It's just like I need to get it out of my brain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I do that a lot now with like, I mean, it's just, of course I do, but with like groceries, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to make this. And then I'm like, oh, I just need, I, I have a good memory. I'll remember oh, XYZ please. thing. And then mm. I'm like, mm. fuck, I forgot like an onion. I mean, mm. something that's such a staple. I'm like, how did I forget that? Oh, I do that all the time. Yeah. Um, I definitely have a hard time sleeping because of this. Um, I will often wake up um at 3 30 in the morning i don't know why 3 30 but it's always 3 30 and Ugh. if i even start to think about anything anything it's like well i'm awake you know that it's like i'm off to the races my brain is going and it cannot stop and there's no way i'm going back to sleep Ugh, that um, sucks. and it really really sucks i'm a light sleeper to begin with so it could just be like a noise or it could just be my brain is waking me up you know i have no idea and then um, you have like adrenaline pumping sort of yeah sort of like yeah i'm done and the, the also a lot of times like if it's if it's a bad day then something stupid i said will run through my head or i'll have oh, a, you know no. one of those cringy mm-hmm. memories will just make me want to like you know dive under the covers and never come out yep. and you know that sort of those sort of like yep. I reread an email that I sent and I found a typo and I'm like, oh my God, I will be thinking about this for 20 years. Yeah. And I definitely like, if I trace the, the, the source of the anxiety, it's the, I I tend to think the worst case scenario, like I, you know, that is what I'm worried about. The absolute worst case scenario. And I've always been like that, you know, I get a bad grade in, in, in kindergarten and I'm in prison, you know, like that doesn't make any sense. I love that it's always a prison sentence. 
<laughs> that was the worst thing I could think of, probably because of cartoons, you know? Yes. <laughs> You're like the hamburglar. You're yeah. Like, <laughs> I've got my tin cup and I'm, Is you know. Is it the, um, the Disney Robin Hood? The Fox Robin Hood? We're at it the must end. Stop. I'm trying to um, think Prince of... John and, and uh, what's the snake's name? Hiss, Mr. Hiss or whatever, and the Sheriff of Nottingham. They're all in the yes. black and white stripes yes. breaking rocks. Yeah, that might be it, honestly. Yeah, you've got a chain around your ankle yep. attached to a boulder. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> Sucks. Yeah. I also clench my jaw. You know, you know, my jaw hurts all the time and I clench my teeth. And I think uh, anxiety has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I already talked about my need to dominate the field of organizing things <laughs> and be so ahead. And so I think I've told this story before, but uh, I was when I was in college, I was taking a I remember it was a Shakespeare class. I don't remember if it was tragedies or comedies or histories but you know the professor gives you the paper uh, assignment and then you have like four or five weeks to write it and then you turn it in and so he assigned the paper and I went home on a Friday and I wrote the paper that weekend because I'm a nerd (laughs) wrote it edited it printed it cover sheet stapled it put it in my color-coded folder specifically for that class, went on with my life, cut to four or five weeks later, and the professor said, hey, everybody, uh, don't forget to turn in your papers before you leave. And I went, (gasps) and I went scrabbling in my folder, like flipping through the handouts, and there it was. Like I had been so organized and so on top of it that I forgot that I I did it. it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, you're like, but did it feel good though? Once you were like, oh, I already, I already did it. I, I previous and took care hey, of this. The relief was yes. something I'll tell yeah. you, but the panic that yeah. I felt oh. before that was pretty terrible. You know, that dream where you show up for a final exam and it was yesterday, you know, the exam oh, yeah. happened or uh-huh. whatever. Um, that actually happened to me in real life once. <gasps> no. Oh. Yes, it happened in college. I, f- I forget what it was, maybe a chemistry class, something horrible that I hated and wasn't good at. Um, and I don't know exactly, I, I you know, ju- juggling way too many things. And I just got the date confused or something. Um, and I showed up to an empty lecture hall and I Ugh. almost died. Um, but I was like, okay, I have to, you know, this is a terrible, terrible situation. I don't know what to do. I went to the professor and I explained, I just like threw myself at his feet and was like, I, I really messed up and I don't know if, if there's anything I can do. And he let me take the exam like in his oh, office. So that's nice. It, he didn't penalize me. You know, I was a good student and uh, turned everything in and it was just this one enormous mess up, <laughs> like a oh. uh, big one. Um, <laughs> but if I think if I had been like, you know, a, you know, a slacker in the class and gotten bad grades and stuff, he might not have been so nice to me. Yeah. Um, but I was just honest about, I just, it slipped my mind and I messed up. Um, and he, it, it actually turned out okay. But that moment of panic, I don't know if I've ever yeah. experienced something. So just like my stomach dropping through the floor, you know, it's just an well, awful feeling. I remember when I was a freshman during finals week, I didn't have a final, but I woke up at like 1030 or whatever. And I looked over and my roommate was still asleep. And I was like, um, hey, didn't you have a final this morning? 
And she was like bolt out of bed. I never have seen anybody vacate a room that fast. (laughs) I think she got there like two and a half hours into a three hour exam. Oh, God. It was Ugh. terrible, and all I could think was, "Oh, I'm so glad that's not me." <laughs> yeah. You're like mm-hmm, snuggling up in your bed. Just the Good worst night. feeling <laughs> in the world. Yeah, my anxiety dream is not like that. I, I'm late. It's that it's always a math class because I wasn't that good at math. And it's like, I just didn't go all semester and I just like forgot to go. And then I showed up and it was time for the final exam. And it's not like you like, you can't, you know, you can't fake your way out of that. I if it was, still have that dream. <laughs> I know. It's so, I mean, I, it's an anxiety dream. Like yeah. it's just, it's like you're missing something. You forgot about something and it's just lingering out there and you, I don't know. But yeah, it's, oh, it's the worst. It's a horrible feeling. Mine is yes. always, I have to get somewhere for something, whether yes. it's an exam or a, I don't know, I'm supposed to give a speech or whatever. Again, I'm on a timeline <laughs> and I'm trying to do it, but somehow I can't something's get in there. Your way. Well, right. it's not that something's in my way. It's that everything happens really slow. Like I'm trying to walk, but I'm walking so slowly <laughs> or I'm, tr- I'm trying to navigate to whatever it is. But everything's happening really slowly. Like, I just can't seem to figure out how to make my feet work. And I'm like, I know how to do this. (laughs) It's terrible. Those dreams are just awful. Well, so I would say the other way that I can really tell now when I'm getting anxious is racing thoughts. Like Meredith said, although I am such a heavy sleeper. That I typically don't, I mean, not to brag, (laughs) but (laughs) I typically don't have insomnia, but I will have racing thoughts and I am absolutely a ruminator. Like I will get stuck on something and it's like me, uh, like I was Prince John hammering at a boulder with a pickaxe. I will just go at that boulder forever. Like, um... So my mom and I were talking to my brother when I was staying with her because of my plumbing problem. And I I was mentioning this plumbing issue. And my brother said, oh, yeah, we had our own issue because we heard dripping in the kitchen. And we thought, eh, it's probably just the refrigerator. But it continued happening. And they thought, well, maybe it's not the refrigerator. So he went into the crawl space under the house. And sure enough, there was a broken pipe mm. down oh. there. And I thought... The way my brain would have handled that was it would have gone, that's eh, probably just a broken, or it's probably just the refrigerator. Is the refrigerator? It's got to be the refrigerator. I think it's yeah. the refrigerator. Yes. Could it be the ref- No, it's yes. not the refrigerator. Refrigerator? Like, <laughs> I would have gotten no mental rest about anything. But it's still not good if consuming. your refrigerator's leaking. Like, I don't know if I could relax after that. It's like, I don't know. Oh, I, I think it probably they just thought it was like dripping inside the refrigerator, mm-hmm. not like a big deal and also yeah. they have two kids under four so you gotta pick what you're gonna True. pay attention to yeah i guess but it's that i can't ever lay anything down and i try to talk myself in and out and in and out and in and yes. out if you're trying things. to cope with it sort of you're like mm-hmm. it's okay it's okay it's okay it's okay maybe it's not okay it's okay it's okay it's okay <laughs> yes. you're trying to yeah. rationalize it like my next um point here is talking about how we handle it as Hillary lays down and (laughs) pretends the world doesn't exist. But my approach up until this point has been to try and logic it away yeah, and have a little discussion with myself and say, well, now, you know, it's probably, you're just having some 
plumbing problems and it's gonna get fixed up and now you're having some biological plumbing problems it's probably not cancer it's probably just fine it's and have this discussion with myself why I present the facts uh, and my therapist explained to me that's not going to work because you cannot logic away emotion and anxiety yeah. is mm-hmm. an emotion and so now we're working on this thing where I acknowledge the feeling allow it to have space and live with it and I'm like but that doesn't make it go away (laughs) I want it to go away not to be so corny as to be like you have to embrace your anxiety (laughs) but you her point is always you can't deal with anything until you accept it yeah yeah as a something and so that's kind of where I am now. And as I was having this uh, issue over last week, I was trying to use those tools to say, I don't have to tell myself to stop being so foolish and worrying about something that's not going to happen. I don't have to explain away all of this. I should just allow myself to have these feelings. And if I want to cry, I should cry and whatever. And it's like, I was like, where does this get me? Nowhere. The anxiety is still here. Yeah, it is. I don't know. What do we do? What do we do? I don't know. know. Meredith has a shrug emoji in her (laughs) column. I mean, truly, I don't know how I... I think um, (laughs) just staying on top of things actually does help and i don't know if that's the healthiest way to deal with things but it means yeah. just there are fewer problems to deal with you know yeah. if yeah. you try to stay on top of stuff and you know there's maybe some satisfaction to like you know the like we were talking about before our tedious things like getting our paperwork in order and stuff that yeah. gives me part of the reason i like that stuff is because it gives me a feeling of calm of like okay i've got that taken care of i've i've done that i've renewed my license or whatever you know i don't have to think about that for a while um and that helps me to feel less stressed um you know d- distractions are always good um I've got my little soothing iPad games where I pretend to grow crops and stuff. Like there's no um, conflict. There's no fighting. There's nothing. You're just like making, you know, cloth um, and stuff Meredith, like that. I started playing Stardew Valley last week. Ooh. I am down bad yeah. for this game. I know. It is so good. I know. You talked about it like over a year ago. I still play that one. Oh, it's um, so it's, awesome. Well, and yeah, they they've there's a new expansion, so there's all sorts of crazy new stuff you can do and it's it's like on its surface very simple, but there's a lot to it as you keep mm-hmm. playing. So, you will not be bored, I promise. So, now I start thinking about I start worrying. So, is this a pleasant distraction or am I shutting out problems? And shutting out things, emotions that I should be dealing with by doing something else. So we've now, I've leveled up. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely helps for me to have a little bit of an escape. That's always been something that I've done. Yep. And I don't feel too bad about it. I I have to do things in order, though. Like, yes. I have a really hard time relaxing and unplugging if I haven't gotten everything that I need to get done yeah. done. You know? Yes, the list. Like, 
Yeah, yeah, it is. But to some extent, um, that's kind of how I was taught to to deal with things. Like my mom didn't let us watch TV until our homework is done. You know, it's like that sort of thing. You have to clean up from dinner and then get your homework done and then you can relax. And that just works for me and it doesn't stress me out. And so I, I, I still do that. Like, okay, dinner, I've cooked dinner. Gregory's cleaning up. Now I can kind of like move to shut down. (laughs) Um, and, and I don't feel guilty about that because I've been going all day long, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Christy, Christy's talked about, uh, doing dessert first. Is that for holidays? Like when they do Thanksgiving and Christmas or is it birthdays? I don't remember. Ellie's birthday. Yeah. She can, Christy can chime in and let us know, but maybe we should all start trying to do dessert first sometimes whatever dessert may be in the that would situation be really hard for me because the problem is I, I mean you're totally right I should absolutely try to do that the problem is that I will just be thinking about the things I need to do uh-huh. <laughs> you know they'll sort of be hanging over my head and then I have a, a harder time relaxing well as my therapist said to me once what's going to happen if you don't do the dishes right and I was I like know. Um, um, and she said, are you going to die? And I said, no. (laughs) She said, well, and we actually worked on me not doing the dishes before I went to bed. Oh my God. That must be like therapy school 101 because my therapist said the same exact thing to me (laughs) because I felt like, I don't know, when I still lived in Texas and all of that, I felt very out of control of things, even though I was responsible for literally everything. And so I felt like I needed to get everything done all the time. And if I didn't, then I was failing and blah, blah, blah. So it was very stressful. And Mm, she was controlling the things you can control. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, it helped me being kind of a control freak definitely helped me feel less anxious about things and gave me a sense of like, I'm doing something. You know, and if, if when I was very stressed out, I would clean or, you know, angrily do dishes or, you know, something like that. (laughs) Oh no. Um, Angry chores. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Smashing pans around definitely helped in a passive aggressive sort of way. Um, What did that vacuum ever do to you? (laughs) I know. I know. Um, But she absolutely told me like, leave some dishes in the sink overnight. And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) But I do now, you know, and it's not, it doesn't give me bad dreams. Um, It's like, "Eh, I'll do them tomorrow. It's fine. Yeah. So that actually did kind of, that did kind of help me. Yeah. Now we just have to learn to apply them to other parts of our lives. And the problem is it's not a bad thing to be on top of stuff, right? No, No. it's not. It's good to be organized. And I was, uh, so I actually did get my uh, real ID taken care of uh, yesterday. I live right across the street from New Brighton uh, City Hall, if anybody (laughs) wants to stalk me. Um, And so, like, they have a DMV in there. It was so easy. I was so worried that she was going to reject my documents because... I brought my property tax statement. I don't get a physical property tax statement. You know, yeah. they email it to you and they make such a big fucking deal about it. bringing the originals. I was like, oh, no, she's going to reject and then I'm not going to get my ID and I'm going to be embarrassed. It's, you know, it's not like they don't let you ever apply yeah. again. It's not your one shot. <laughs> and they but you're done. You I know. But it, it all went fine. So I was walking across the street to go home and there was a guy out there um putting his license tabs on his car like parked on the street and I just 
peaked a little bit and his uh, month of expiration was January. So he was nine days late. And I was like, well, of course, that's why he's crouching in the snowbank, putting his license tabs on the car. And that's not something that happens to me because I am so anxious to make sure that I get it done. Yeah. Yeah. I think I renewed my plates in October. (laughs) My birthday's in December. (laughs) Like the second I got the letter, I was like, I got it. I got to do it. You know, I, it's so funny too, because I, um, I really don't judge other people. I'm like, well, I mean, if somebody's registration is like way out of date, I'm like, what are you doing? You know, like a year out. I'm like, okay, you're on a whole other level, but that's fine. But I feel it a lot when I have get togethers at my house, when I have had, I'm like psychotically cleaning and making sure. And I'm like, my house looks like shit. This is embarrassing. People are going to think I'm disgusting and the food isn't that good or whatever. I've never gone to somebody's house and thought that like, I've never gone to somebody's house and, and their house might be like kind of messy or kind of unorganized or whatever. And I've never been like, they should be embarrassed at their house. Actually, that's not true. I've been to some boys houses in college where they should have been embarrassed, but uh, yeah, yeah. But like as an adult, I've nope. never been like, oh my God, there's toys out here. They're, what are they doing? They have children. Never, How dare. <laughs> and never, ever thought that. But I, I'm convinced that people think that. And I'm like, I just can't even, I can't even I like that. exactly this. the same way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I don't mind at all about, I think I told this before, I, a previous boss of mine, I went over to his cubicle to ask him a question once and he said, oh God, Anna, I always get so embarrassed when you come over here because you see what a pigsty this desk is. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like I had never given it a second's yeah. worth of thought. And I yeah. said, oh, my tidiness rules apply to me only because yeah. I can't function in clutter and mess but you do you i'm not judging that at all it's so interesting how he like puts that uh, onto you as like this must be what you're thinking right and you gave no indication of that at all and i think we all kind of do that to some extent yeah well i will say our um administrative assistant after he uh, left after that boss left i should say for another job our administrative assistant went and cleaned out um, his desk in preparation for the new person, and there were bugs in it. <laughs> You're like, now I'm judging you. No, it's I, I guess he, he kept like food in the drawers and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Ooh. Maybe he Ooh. should have been embarrassed. <laughs> feel it. I think it's always a reflection of how you feel about yourself rather than oh, oh, how yeah. others Absolutely. are going to feel about you. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we've done some good work here, guys. We have come up with absolutely no strategies <laughs> no, to effectively combat this. Yeah, if you guys know any, please. Hey, uh, Christine's a therapist. Can she talk? Christine, that signal to you. Help. <laughs> Help us. Tell us to do more things than just not do dishes, please. Well, you did mention exercise, too, Yes, Hillary. I don't know. I feel like exercise is sort of a source of anxiety for me. Well, it, it's, just, it's a cyclical thing because before I'm doing it, I'm like, I got to exercise. I got to exercise. I got to do this. I got to do it. I got to yep. do it. I got to do it and then i am doing it and it's whatever it is and then after i do it it's i'm so i'm happy i did it and then the next day it starts all over again now meredith i kind of feel the same way as you i don't know what i would be like if i didn't regularly Mm -hmm. exercise and i'm not willing to you (laughs) don't want to find out (laughs) no i don't want to find out it's and it's not like i'm i'm not a run i'm not a runner i'm not you know i just i do my normal workouts i just i need to sweat or i need to raise my heart rate a little bit so i'm not thinking about things because i'm always having an internal dialogue about something um 
and I need to not. And I still, even when I'm working out, I'll be like, oh, shoot, I need to start the dryer or I need to do this. You know, I need to like deal with whatever is going on. But it for those 30 or 45 minutes, I really can just kind of zone out a little bit. I'm not like loving it. It's not, you know, the most fun I have ever had, but it does force me to get out of myself a little bit. Yeah. And not to get, I mean, it's hard to do yoga and not get hippy dippy and you know, it's, it's sometimes very insufferable, but there is something that they're kind of training you to do, which is to like, God, I'm going to sound like such an asshole, um, to like observe your thoughts and not like let them take over. And it's, really really hard but it's also really useful um and while you're you know taking a class or whatever I've learned that if I am not um focused I'll fall over you know like there's a a very immediate consequence to being distracted um you hurt yourself or you you topple over which is fine it's just like a lesson you know it's like keeping keeping kind of focused and not letting your thoughts take over um I have a question that I've been because we're three ladies and, you know, do you think that anxiety, and I don't know the science behind this, do you think anxiety is more of a female problem than it is a male problem? Anecdotally, it feels Mm. like that, but I don't I think it is. The only reason I I think about this is I was, my, the guy on my team, the lead of my team was talking about him doing his hair before he comes into the office. It's like, all I have to do is like, bloop, bloop, bloop. And I was like, well, Fuck congratu- nice la- congratulations. Because, you know, if I'm going to have my hair straight, which everybody tells me they like my hair straight, they think it looks so good. I have to wake up earlier. I need to like a lot this amount of time is also a thing. Like, it's just like, how much time do I have for each of these things? Do I need to wake up this much earlier or whatever? And I think about a lot of my anxiety and a lot of, like why I can be pissed off the patriarchy is I'm like, we're told that we have to be pretty, but also be smart and work hard and, but be like, try to be pretty, but we have to naturally be pretty, be pretty and be sort of sexually attractive to the other person, but also do really good at your job. No. And so, I mean, I'm like, there's so, we get so many messages growing up and you know, I like, Feminism is great. Obviously, I'm a feminist, but it's like sometimes I almost feel like oh, God would it have been better in the fucking fifties where I just like could keep a house and not have to like Ew, work. No. I don't know. It's like now I have to do everything. Well, I have some. I looked it up while you were talking, and women are twice as likely to be diagnosed with an anxiety disorder, and the prevalence of anxiety disorders is significantly higher for women, twenty three point four percent, than men, fourteen point three percent. Interesting. Interesting. And this is according to the NIH. Um, I was going to say, as far as that question goes, that it's hard for me to get a good sense because I think men's anxiety must manifest so much yeah. differently yeah. than women's. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, I'm sure the patriarchy affects them, too. It's just they're on the other side of it. So Yes, or they just can't even like talk about it or think right. about it, really. Yeah. Or, or, or there's a whole like aggression thing yeah. rolled into yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. how they're allowed to Male express stuff. emotions. Yeah. This says women experience higher lifetime diagnosis rates of all anxiety disorders except social anxiety disorder, which occurs at the same rate for men and women. 
Um, and that there's also a definite intersection with race and gender, obviously. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So yeah. Non, non-white women are much more likely to be. Well, yeah. I mean, I, oh, yeah. man. I know. God. Black women just get the worst of the everything. Worst. And they're so fucking cool most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. This is really interesting. I didn't know this. Experts saw a significant interaction between race and gender specific to people diagnosed with bulimia nervosa. As anxious Hispanic men were more likely to be diagnosed with the disorder than Hispanic women. That's really Weird. interesting because we always Weird. think of, of eating disorders as being a female thing. But I yeah. think maybe that is overexposure or maybe like privilege to get treated for it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's yeah. like white girls yes. kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like the yeah. 80s and 90s yep. were full of white girl anorexia. Yes. yes. Oh, my and God. Tracy Gold. True. Yep. yep. <laughs> Because I'll tell you, I was a real big food restrictor, but I never got that skinny. <laughs> My body wouldn't it's allow like, it. No, no, no. This is it. Genetically, no, you we're are not, not doing that. To do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like son of a bitch. If I'm going to go through all this pain, <laughs> please give me the results. I want to be skinny. God damn it! Instead, I'm just kind of solid and hungry and tired and cold. <laughs> no, oh, I get all the worst parts of it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I don't know. It's it's a uh, it sucks, but you know, it's life. I, I guess it's, it's a human condition. Yeah. Certainly in like our society and modern world, I've always yes. kind of felt like the world was kind of an unpleasant and cruel place. <laughs> Maybe that's my depression speaking. Um, but like it it seems kind of cruel, you know? It seems like there's a lot for us to deal with and it's pretty far away from like, you know, a grounded chill life. We don't really have that option. Um, mm-hmm. realistically. So. It's tempting to think that maybe, like you said, Hillary, if I was born in the 50s, but maybe even if we go earlier when people were farming the land and it was sort of a, a farm to table. Oh, God, now who sounds like an asshole? <laughs> kind of stuff. And it was all a much uh, simpler straight line. Yeah. That maybe that's better for anxiety, but it's also worse for starving. I yeah, so, say, I don't know what the trade off messes is. up, then you die. So like, I don't know. So, <laughs> so boring. God, it's so much easier in so many ways, but it's yeah. also so much more unpleasant. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, on that note, <laughs> our question of the week is: Please solve this dilemma for us. How do you cope with anxiety? And Help I guess us. I should put a second part B. Does it work? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, please. You're just bashing your head against the wall like we are. <laughs> we need <us>. some tips. <laughs> please. Tips and tricks. Tell us. Thank you very much. Yes, and if Christine would like to write a paragraph <laughs> or eight <laughs> that will cure us. Yeah. Give us your thesis, please. <laughs> that would be lovely. Yes. All right. Let's move on to some slightly happier things. Um she recommends now I'm in the middle of this but I have a hankering that I I'm gonna really enjoy it because I am really enjoying it so far it's a book called a woman of no importance my mom recommended it to it and it is a nonfiction. um but she was like it reads like a you know it reads like a fiction and it really does it's about um this woman named Virginia Hall who was like a she worked for um the English um spy network special operations executive and it's just like the story of how she was 
involved in it and she did a whole lot of shit and obviously maybe it wasn't so great to be born like in the 20s because um she got like almost no recognition she did get medals but like it's not somebody we talk about all the time and she did a lot of heroic stuff also she had um it's weird because there are these times you know mike has passed and like, it's not like I forget, but, you know, it's not like I'm thinking about him all the time, but then I'll hear something. And I'm like, oh, I want to tell him about that. Um, and this was one of those cases where, you know, she had, she was an amputee. She had, she was, had um, uh, one leg amputated. Um, and I was like, oh, I would have loved to tell him about that. Anyway, it's really interesting that she was able to kind of disguise herself throughout World War II and in France. So, it's, so far, it's really, really good. I, I recommend it. Mm, sounds suspiciously enriching. I know. (laughs) What am I doing? You know I love World War II stuff. And Bridget started uh, learning about the Holocaust. And I'm like, tell me, are there any teen Holocaust books that I need to catch up on? Because I love them. I go to the teen Holocaust section at the bookstore. It seems to make people uncomfortable when you say you – I mean, it's not like I like the Holocaust. It's just interesting – I think it's because, I, and you know, obviously there's shade. Well, there's not shades of gray in the Holocaust, but in World War II, there are shades of, of you know, people did bad, we, Japanese internment and all that. Like people did bad, some bad stuff. There's but, plenty of blame to go around. Oh yeah, yes. But I think, especially with the Holocaust and also with World War II, it was so the the demarcations of good and bad were so clear mm-hmm. um, that it is sort of satisfying to learn about it I think whereas like mm-hmm. if, like I don't I haven't really even interrogated you know the Iraq war obviously mm-hmm. I thought it was bad but it's just something you're like it's so confusing so or Vietnam yeah. they barely even taught us Vietnam because I think they were like Mur. I mean Meredith they were like your shruggy guy like yep. they're like mm, I don't know uh, <laughs> the United States was the aggressor and they lost they yeah lost, so they we're not really going to teach us t- about that in school we're not really going to talk as, about this as Kevin Klein said in A Fish Called Wanda we did not lose Vietnam it was a tie <laughs> <laughs> actually okay. sort of how I've always thought of it and it's like so not true but it's like we just called it a draw like we're just done oh boy uh, who, women plan that stuff I know <laughs> who did Murderville who put I did oh my um, gosh I'm you, so glad you did I forgot you were this. like the fourth person that's recommended this <laughs> I love it so much now to be fair I'm only one episode in but I enjoyed that one episode so much so Murderville on Netflix is a new, I think it's six episodes, maybe, starring Will Arnett as Terry Seattle, a <laughs> world-weary <laughs> homicide detective. Not from Seattle. Never nope. been there. Nope. Um, but the conceit of the show is that he gets a new partner every week, and it is a celebrity playing themselves. So the one episode that I've seen so far was Conan O'Brien came on and guest starred as his partner conan o'brien uh but the thing is they don't give the guest star a script so they have to do a long form improvisation uh they just have to roll with the punches and go through and then at the end they have to essentially solve the murder (laughs) and say who done it and uh how that turned out and it's the dumbest thing ever, oh, right? God, There's so no redeeming value in this at all, other than watching Conan and Will Arnett crack each other up, like break each other. Well, they're like was best buds too, so, so it was a really good choice. Funny, yeah. yeah. It's oh, Conan was the perfect choice to yeah. pick for the first episode because he knows what he's doing with that stuff. Yeah. But it's also such an interesting list of guest stars 
Besides Conan, it's Kumail Nanjiani. Yes. Yes. Annie Murphy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ken Jong. Yes. Sharon Stone. I know. And Marshawn Lynch. Lynch. <laughs> I know. I saw that. Amazing. Oh, so funny. I'm into it. I cannot wait to watch the rest of it. And it's like half hour, 35 minutes. So it's not a big time commitment. It's just silly fun and made me laugh. And I am very much enjoying it. Yeah, I think Christine and my mom both said Conan O'Brien was so funny. They were like, it was it was hysterical. Like, it's really, really good. So mm-hmm. I will I will have to check that out because um, I'm not going to recommend this, even though I did like it. The only thing that's been running through my head lately is we don't talk about Bruno. That's all, like, it's on a loop inside of my head. Maybe it's helping with my anxiety, and I sing it to my kids all the time. So I need, like, something to distract my brain at not thinking about we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> it's all like all i do we and you just talk talked about, about bruno. bruno you just <laughs> talk about bruno seven foot frame rats I, mean, I can't i can't stop okay i gotta stop i gotta stop all right <laughs> get involved not with bruno um <laughs> the website is this show has everything.com um join our facebook group because it's a really fun um truly enjoy it i i like all the interaction and i love that y'all participate the show twitter is at tc show you can email us tc show at gmail.com send us a voice memo we got a few the other week and that was really fun to hear i love to hear your voices um fax bobby your butt at 617-354-8513 um thanks for joining us y'all that was definitely not everything no. about anxiety. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can go into we a go deep well of cycles of anxiety. I, but just my social anxiety alone uh, could yeah. be a number of episodes. <laughs> uh, What's going to happen to you at that wedding shower, Anne? <laughs> Are you going to die? Are they going to laugh at you? Are they going to kick you out? But wait, was the cake good? Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> Even bad That's cake a- is cake, you know. It's cake, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that was everything for now. Circle back for now. That was everything. Asterisk. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
just as soon as your shift is over. Blowjobs, blowjobs, fuck. <laughs>